Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Juice in the Morning. I'm your host, Justin Juice Kelly. Today, Johnny Bowden is not with us. We wish you well, man. I hope your uh, I hope your sickness goes away quickly. Um, but I'm just going to say one thing: you brought it upon yourself. And he's going to tell the story on a future date of the podcast. So I can't wait till uh, we can uh, share that with everybody. But in the studio today is a couple of comedians that I watched do the roast battle at Vern's, I think almost a little less than a month ago, and they both killed it. Uh, you guys may have heard us talk a little bit about this matchup, but we've got Jason Perez Rogers, the man that defeated Calvin Turner Comedy. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Great. Thank you for joining the podcast. I feel really good today. The only thing that I have going on a little bit is I uh, chug down a, like a protein shake on my way here, and I'm burping a little bit, and then adding the beer to that. It's just a it's perfect. A bad, it's a bad. Do you ever situation. call your mom afterwards and say, "Hey, now I know how you feel." Why is that? Because chugging the protein. If I have to, if I have to, <laughs> if I have to explain the joke, then there's no reason. These guys laugh. They're like, "Oh," and you're like, "Huh?" They just knew it was a mom joke. All right, that's all yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, sitting directly across from me as well is Nick Covert. I apologize that I messed your name up a couple of times leading up to the roast war. Oh, it's all good. The man. NICH threw me off, man. It, it happens with a lot of people. Like I said, I discovered really early in life I'm way too unique a person to spell my name so normally. And it just shortened out Nicholas a lot better. So I like hey. it to be honest with oh, you. Yeah. Now that I've got it figured out. Oh yeah. Like I mean, there's there's so many names out there that are kind of like I feel like there's the the Jaden, Aiden, Caden, Caden, all that stuff. That's all going out there. But uh, I think Nicholas, but spelling it N I C H is a good call. Yep. Uh, like I said, I learned it really early in life, and. Don't worry, you're not the only one. It takes people a while to figure me out. So <laughs> We are here in Flyover Media Studios. We've got producer BJ with us. I appreciate you running the show, as always. Yeah. Uh, you're, I hate you, you're, Johnny. You're wearing a fantastic uh, robe. house robe right That's now, right. man. Yeah. Are you feeling good? Yeah. Comfy? Yeah. This is what it's called, I gave up on life. <laughs> That's the chapter of your life. If yeah. your life was a book, it'd be chapter, ah, uh, fuck it, I gave a up. A week ago, I was in Miami. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, now I'm here. So he's got withdrawals. <laughs> sitting, right. sitting in this room, listen to this. Awesome. It's probably it's probably just as warm in here though. It'll get there though. <laughs> <laughs> it was great a couple weeks ago when you didn't have the heat on. And it was like 60 degrees in here. It was great. Yeah. Well, no. I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Off the Cuff Podcast. I became a more regular listener recently. Those guys are hilarious. Devon Shoemaker and Calvin Turner. You did beat Calvin Turner. But uh, I think if he gets a chance to come back to the Roast War stage, I think he's going to uh, surprise some people. Um, I think that he did not know what to expect coming into that. And then it just, like I said, it was one of the best shows within a show that night. Yeah, yeah. No, Calvin was excellent, man. He and I actually talked before the show. Um, I went to a uh, Kettle Top open mic yep. um, to kind of meet him. Do their open mic, kind of talk a little bit. Um, How do you like the crowd up there? Not bad at all, man. I think uh, they're great. Yeah, up they in are, man. Good damn wings. Yes, they are. Holy shit, the wings. <laughs> yeah, and they give you the real ones. Yes, it's and not, he even talked the, like, about drums it. and and flats and all that. It's right, they the, get the, the, the jumbo, yeah. the full wings, the smoked. Uh, Calvin even mentioned it in the uh, in the roast. Oh yeah. Um, but no, he and I even spoke while other folks were in the cage. Like, okay. hey man, let's make sure we do this and. 
Um, so I think it was a good battle, man. He did I, a great job. I don't know if Brad wants to describe it this way, but I'm looking at it kind of as like almost like a professional wrestling promotion. So like the professional wrestlers go in there. They kind of have an idea of like what's going to happen. They know who's going to win. They just want to put on the best show. That's See, the way I and think. I, and I honestly think being as big a wrestling fan as I am, that almost gives me an edge because I've watched this business my entire life. I'm 30 years old. Like yeah. I know how all that backstage stuff works. Yeah. And I'm going to take this to the top. Brad's letting people take pictures with my belt. <laughs> and I'm telling you, come Roastamania, that's my belt. I love you to death and you're my friend, but that is my fucking belt, okay? <laughs> He's very confident. That's what I've enjoyed about every comedian that's come in here to do uh, this prior to the, the roast battle. The only thing that I'm going to say is kind of a negative, and I don't want to throw you guys off at all, but everybody that came in lost at the roast battle. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> Till now. Till, Till now. Time. You got two winners sitting on this couch right now, okay? <laughs> so let's let's jump into just a little bit of stuff. Like uh I wanna I wanna ask both of you, you know, where did you start in your comedy uh comedy journey? I know that a, a lot of people um were calling you out or Calvin was calling you out for being new. So like when did you start? Where did you start and where are you from? That kind of stuff. Um so June fifth was my very first open mic at Helium. Wow! Um, I I've been wanting to do comedy for a long time. I mean, like high school. Yeah. Um, wanting to act comedy, all that kind of stuff. But honestly, I was scared. Yeah. I didn't want to get in front of people and fail. Right. Uh. So um, I turned forty in August. So in May, um, uh, a few buddies of mine went to see D.L. Hewley at Helium. Okay. Got on stage, met him, and I asked him, hey, have you ever bombed on stage? He was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, every, are you kidding me? Everybody does that, man. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, long story short, I uh, I tried to open mic for the first time because mm. why not? Dude, right. you're about to be 40. What's the worst? Right. And How much did you prep beforehand? Before the first open mic? Yeah. I, I did a pretty good amount, man, yeah. but I thought I was. And right. three minutes, I thought was a lot of time. Right. Now I realize it isn't really very much. Yeah. But to be on stage in front of people, um, I don't even think I did the full three. Really? Yeah. Well, I was that's super what, that's scared. What, that's man. what uh, that's what I noticed the last because, like I said, I'm just jumping in. Yeah. So like, yeah. I've done three shows, uh, three open mics, and um, you know, I <clears throat> am learning the economy of words, like keeping stuff tighter instead of like talking too much, mm -hmm. because on the podcast. You talk forever. Yeah, I was say, yeah so it's just like, whatever you got. Like yeah. throw it out there. But and, yeah, it's and I've be... done I've done many shows: hungover, drunk, uh, tired, wired, and you can just ramble if you need to. Yeah, and then some gold comes out of it every now and then. Um, I've kind of equated it to like when I used to write papers for school. I just threw a bunch of words on the paper, and then I would like call one of my friends that could edit it, and I'd be like, "Hey, I need you to try to make this." makes sense and they would help me out make it a good paper uh, but comedy you can't just throw everything on the paper mm -hmm. you have to like revise it you have to yeah. look at it you got to change oh, it oh yeah it's a full like and yeah. what blew my mind too was the advice that people gave me to actually watch yourself on stage yeah because mm -hmm. when i put out a podcast i don't i don't listen to it anymore mm -hmm. because okay, okay. I'm like I know what I know how I sound. Mm -hmm. I really don't like to listen to myself. I like to listen to the other people on the show. Right. Um, but I've already experienced that because I've been in the room with them. So yeah, it's just watching yourself is just really hard because you're like 
judging every single fucking every thing you do. Every damn it thing. Is, it is very different. And uh, Johnny Depp won't even watch his own movies for that same reason. Right. Like, he, I don't think he's seen a single movie. It wasn't just because they were bad recently. Yeah, it, just, it wasn't just because they were all bad recently. But yeah, I've read a lot of reports. Like, Johnny Depp won't even watch his own movies because he hates to see himself yeah. on screen. It's got to be hard to see yourself on screen. But to you, Nick, when did you get started? I feel like you said you were kind of relatively new as well. Uh, yeah, I'm still relatively new to this. I'm still within my first year of this. Like I said, I got started back uh, in like March or April. I don't remember the exact date, like uh, P-Rez over here. Because I smoke a lot and I forget a lot of yeah. shit. It happens. But um, I started <laughs> so back you in just, like... you just smoke the CBD, right? Like no, nothing too, too sure. crazy. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, but no, I, um, I had had Mitch Downs, who runs the lab at 1949 as a Lyft driver, an Uber driver one time. You know, and he had told me about this comedy show and everybody my whole life has been like, you know, you're really funny. You should try this and everything. And originally I had put out like this because I wanted to have like a 15 minute kind of thing. Yeah. And I had made this like little demo video that my ex-wife put on uh, on one of her Facebook groups to see, you know, how people reacted. And everybody thought I was really funny. Okay. And it really just took getting the nerve to get out and actually go out to do it. And I went to 1949 one night because Mitch told me he ran that show. And Brad Riggler was the host of that show. And he'd asked me, have you ever done this before? And I told him no. And he's like, all right, I'll give you three minutes. And it was terrible. Yeah. I guarantee if you go back and like ask Brad, that was such a terrible set. But every set, I feel, is such a learning opportunity, especially if you record it and go back and watch right. it. Like, because there are things, like, I've learned from Jacoby Ray, I've learned from Ray Hensley, I've learned a lot of stuff from this community about how I can get better at what I do. Yeah. And it's it's such an amazing community, and I love being part of it. That's that's one of the biggest things that I'm excited about, because, you know, for the, for the podcast, like, the main reason for me that I think about when I think about doing stand-up is, like, Obviously, the rush is amazing. Like that's fun mm -hmm. when you oh, yeah. actually get people to laugh and you you wrote something that is successful. That's awesome. But the main thing I understood going into it is like I've never had somebody tell me like you're funny. You should do stand up because BJ will tell you right now I'm not I'm not the funniest person. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like I have the uh, I feel like I have the 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 like um <laughs> i remember clearly from brad riggler um no i i i feel like i'm uh i'm gonna work hard at it and really i just want to network with all of you guys and i also want to be a part of the scene because i want to be creative and maybe not necessarily make comedy my career but i want it to be part of my like i guess bag of tools yeah, when yeah. it comes to oh, yeah. it comes to doing the media stuff oh yeah and it's definitely a helpful tool and like i said this community in indianapolis and all the people that i've met at least in my time doing this everybody's been really nice everybody's been really helpful it's not been one of those like oh you're brand new to this because i've been doing this for so long like i'm just gonna snub you and not give a shit a lot of people have been really really helpful in this community that's what i think is interesting so you guys have felt like it's very inclusive uh, yeah, man, i feel so oh uh, yeah I, I totally agree man you got guys out there who are rookies and guys been doing it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And you asked, what's weird is you ask a few of them the same question. They'll give you a pretty similar answer. Really? Like, keep doing it. You're, every, everyone goes on stage and forgets. Everybody goes up there and bombs. Mm -hmm. This joke works tonight. 
same joke won't work tomorrow night. Oh, just, yeah. A just lot of it is in the crowd that you have that night because there have been jokes that I've told that have hit one night and I've told it two days later at a different venue, different audience, and it fell flat on its face. You could have heard crickets. I could have changed yeah. my name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's one of those things that I think is interesting because I've been lucky that I've been for, at very forgiving rooms, so I feel like I'm like doing okay. I just, I need, I want to, I'm going to have that moment where it's bad and I'm going to have to realize like, Hey, that was bad. What can I do to make it not bad in the future? Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying about Anderson, man. Anderson Kettletop is a great crowd. It is. I've gone there twice. And I, the first time I did an open mic, it was just, I I told a story because I was scared. So I was like, I'm going to tell a story I've told a hundred times and there's like funny moments in it. So like, I'm just going to do that. And, and it, Got a couple of laughs, so I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I was like, I checked it off my bucket list and said, I'm never going to do it again. I don't need to. And then I just started thinking about it. I don't think you should take it off. Uh, I think um, the greats will tell you to keep, keep, keep doing it, man. Right. Because you have to refine it, and then oh, why yeah. not keep using it? So don't remove it from your list. Just keep yeah. it keep it in your... Keep it in the back in, pocket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are jokes that I, I started writing it one way and you know, told it it didn't work. I had to rewrite it you know six seven different ways just to try and make it work but it it really is and that's the nice thing like i've been a writer my entire life i write you know mostly a lot of fiction and poetry and everything but as a writer like you know that you have to constantly be revising what you're working Mm -hmm. on to make it the best possible thing that you can put out right and granted when you get on stage I know, like, one of the biggest fears in the entire world is public speaking. Mm -hmm. And I actually took a speech class that did help me a lot uh, over at IUPUI. And, but I've I've never really been afraid to talk to people. Like, yeah. But there there is a much different feel of, you know, having a conversation or a podcast like this and then getting on stage and you have a spotlight on you and you have a microphone in your hand and, you got to try and be funny yeah. and make these people laugh. It's it's a a very different thing than like almost anything I've ever done. Right. What is uh <clears throat> who you guys J- uh Jason start with you who you matched up with in the next battle. I know we kind of talked about yeah. it but I want to kind of get into both your guys' upcoming battles as well. So I'm uh going against the other off the cuff yep. podcast guy Devon Another Muncie guy. Yeah, uh and uh, ironically I met him the same night I met Calvin. Okay. Yeah, so we talked and chatted a little bit and same thing at the last roast and then when we found out um through, you know, through Brad's messaging that we were going against each other, we kind of inboxed each other say hey blah 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 XYZ. Do you think do you think you're going to take him down? Oh, no. <laughs> come on. Oh, come on. You got to be on. more confident than that. <laughs> I, I, mean, I am who I am. He's, this is for this big, like, 30-pound gold belt. You got to yeah. be more confident than that. <laughs> no, Devon, Devon, won, Devon won a con- controversial matchup last Who was last, his? Who was his? Uh, Zach Garner. I think so. That was actually I, I, that was a really, really good one. That was another one that was a very good show. Yeah, like it, it was, was. It was. And the what i've said before on the podcast is if devon did not have one more thing even though it was not a shot as as zach he was almost out of time so he almost had a tko so like he would have been he would have been done and then he like he spread out that line to uh tommy the puppet yeah and he he said you know i don't want to like i don't want to be judged by the guy that's uh using like the puppet to jerk off with or something like (laughs) that and uh that got me and made me laugh so like he got the last laugh yeah yeah and 
like I've said before on the podcast, I was probably seven to eight beers deep by that time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. since that was the last thing that yeah. made me laugh, I didn't have a uh, sh- my short term memory is bad. So I was just like, oh, I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna vote for that because that made me laugh. Even though him and Zach together was a great show. That was a good show. Yeah, no, I, it was. It me, was. Me it was and my really buddies good. were in the back watching, kind of like, oh shit, who? Damn, who won that one, man? Yeah. It was a good one, man. And Zach's Zach's actually a very fantastic comedian as well. He. Uh, did he was like kind of like the headliner for the the open mic that we did up at Kettle Top? Okay, laugh my ass off. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's good. No, no yeah, Peter, he's Peter really Hines. When I went the one time, Peter Hines was the yep. was the headliner there. But he was yeah. good. Um, so who do you got coming up this this next roast battle? I got Tommy Iyer, the one man boy band. He <laughs> he does. He, he walked- straight looks like he just. Back, you know, moonwalked out of 1997 Backstreet Boys. <laughs> when like, I took a picture of him at the last roast battle and he had his hands up, right? He looked like, you know, the the poster child for um, the like the Nazi movement, like the, right? the golden, like the golden child, basically. Yeah, because he was. I mean, he looked like the he looked the part. He did. He really did. And I've gone through and I've looked at all the pictures that you posted. Mm. You didn't even get one of me in the cage, man. I was I, I was trying to. There's I just some, had there's you a laughing lot that too I much. That's what it was. There's a lot that I didn't post. I'll tell you that. Hey, because, there we go. Because they weren't good pictures. That's the bad. cage. The cage threw off the uh, the what is it the the focus of yeah it? the focus of the camera. So there's a lot of shit I didn't post. Well, then from where you are was sitting, the lighting was probably not yeah, and it was right right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was good. And I uh, during your guys's matchup. Um, I was just, I was kind of like enthralled by the other person outside the cage. So oh, my girlfriend? Kind of give me a little bit of an idea of what was going on there. Okay, so me and Jacqueline, which yep. is who I roasted at Roast War 4, um, we had set up this little idea because in her sets, she has a furry butt plug that has a tail which i needed an explanation for that as well yeah 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 so we're going like way down the rabbit hole is there there one (laughs) i I don't know at this point but she has this plug and she had kind of thought up this idea about like her trying to steal my girlfriend from me and i was like okay if we're gonna do this let's feed into brad's like super wrestling that's a professional wrestling idea exactly and and i come up with this like i said i've been pro wrestling you know fan for my whole life and i come up with this idea okay they do like hair for hair matches let's do tail versus tail Your furry butt plug versus my girlfriend. This is what's on the line. And oh, she loved it. And we, uh, I'd gone down to her podcast, busted in, stole yep. her furry tail, That's walked awesome. in with it that night. She walked in with my girlfriend. Guess what? I walked out with both of them. So that's what mattered. <laughs> nice. That's that was like, I, I was kind of thrown off by that. But back to you against Tommy. What do you think is going to go down? Oh, I'm totally gonna destroy him. Like he was pretty good, though. He he is really good, except he doesn't even like he can't even pronounce the name of the person that he's roasting. <laughs> so I don't know that he's really gonna be, be bringing any fire to to November twenty second. Okay. So, so do you think he's? Are you think you're gonna outwork him? You think you're gonna oh, come up definitely. with more than he does? I've totally got Tommy. I mean, he, like he, I've got Tommy's number, hook, line, and sinker. Riggler's like, calling him a beautiful man. Do you think he's kind of? Don't get me wrong. You think Tommy's don't just relying on the Tom, looks? He's not gonna. Tommy Iyer is a beautiful man. Like he really is. But this isn't a beauty contest. Over this here looking is at about you. how fierce and how vicious you can get. I am a fat kid 
Or I was a fat kid. Yeah, you don't look that fat. I'm saying saying. I've lost a lot of weight, but I was a fat kid raised in the 90s with the name Nickelodeon, and I look like fucking Chucky Finster. Like, (laughs) I've already heard anything that anybody can bring, and it doesn't phase me the least little bit. Chucky's from Rugrats, right? Yeah. You kind of look like a school shooter. I've heard that one, too. You're not the first person to say that. Not shocked by that at all. No, 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 no. Not one bit. Actually, the first time I saw Perez was at a show at Joker's mm-hmm. that Jacqueline was on, and Fab at, Monroe, I believe, called me out. Yeah, because she was the yeah, host. Yeah, Fab was a bad motherfucker. She is, man. But I was sitting right there in a Switchblade Jay White wrestling shirt. Go figure, I had another wrestling shirt on. And she's like, you just straight up look like a fucking school shooter. I'm like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Facing the stage, were you to the left? Uh, Yeah. I do remember that. Holy shit. <laughs> yep, because it was like me, Angie Temple, and Pond Far. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were all sitting yeah. there. I do that was the that. first time I saw that. This is a really yeah, funny guy. Yeah. Like, I was very impressed. Appreciate that. That's my first show, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, for, and I didn't know how long he had been doing this when I went to that show. And I think I found out a couple weeks in 1949, you hadn't been doing this very long. And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. How, much, how much do both of you guys write? You can start because we're going in that order. I write. Um, all the time, M- meaning I don't I don't set a time. You don't like aside. set like a you don't set like a schedule. No, I should, um, but I work. You know, I work every day. I right. have a little Same tiny here. green notebook, so I'll just be at work doing something. And I'll think of something. I'll pull it out. I'll write it down. I'll elaborate later. Right. Um, and I'll try to see if I can formulate it into a joke, into mm-hmm. a into a presentation. Yeah. So kind of all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you ever? Sorry. Do you ever? While you're putting that premise down, or like while you're writing, do you think about how you're gonna deliver it? Yeah, I do. When you're up there, I do. See, I, that's what I just yeah. I, I can't wrap my head around. No, because like, I can write. I'll write stuff down, and I know. Like, what's weird to me is like when I write stuff down, I write it in a way that I know that's not how I talk. Yeah, which is weird because when I was growing up through school. My teachers and my mom and everybody that like would read my papers and I would get maybe a bad grade on something. They're like, "You write just like you talk. Learn how to write." not how you talk and so i kind of like beat that out of my brain so now like i write with words that i know from my vocabulary from reading things like that and that's not how you talk when you're on stage so here's what i'm learning again super duper five months in but i'm learning though write down your idea don't Mm -hmm. write down the full story right have an idea of the joke or the topic you're going to go on stage with then go up there and present yourself there you go you have to be able to lose your inhibitions and Mm -hmm. i'm still working on that right Mm -hmm. so give your idea and not necessarily worry about script mm-hmm. so it's that's that's a, that's a balance man it's tough yeah. and and you had mentioned the poetry and stuff like that and also writing before that so how much do you do you write a lot how, uh, do, you, how do you do your comedy realistically like i'm always thinking of stuff actually writing it down now that's necessarily a different story right but the way i do a lot of my comedy is i'm much more that storyteller comic so it's like the really funny stuff that has happened to me, you know, I'm just recalling memories at right. that point with, you know, if I got to write a punchline for this thing that happened or, you know, exaggerate this thing to make it work on stage. Like, and that's the way I've always felt. Like I watch a lot of Gabriel Iglesias and Gabriel is insanely good. Like he's an amazing storyteller. And that's kind of what like I'd like to do is be able to sit there and do one 15 minute set telling a bunch of jokes that all kind of reside within the same story yeah the the story thing is is insane and like there's like a lot of science behind it. i've been reading a lot of books it's like you know the laughs per minute kind of mm-hmm. thing so 
if you're a storyteller, you got to kind of like work out amount of times that you feel like you're going to make people laugh throughout the story. Yeah, it's a lot harder than somebody doing like one-liners. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot harder because you've got to, you know, your deliverance on stage, you have to, you know, pace yourself out and make sure that, okay, these are where these punchlines or where laughs would go. And it's it's insanely difficult. Like I said, it's one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life, but it is so rewarding at that same point. I've always been one of those people, like, if I can make somebody laugh or make somebody smile, even by just doing dumb shit, like, that's what makes life worth living to me. And, like, I used to work at um, Target, and I would sit there and sing, like, you know, I worked in the deli. I would sit there and sing Disney songs as kids are walking around, you know, Lion King, Moana, Frozen. That probably didn't freak him out at all. No, no, not one bit. The guy that <laughs> looks like it? a school shooter singing kids songs. Uh, you, also, you also look like you can own a van and want to put them in it. I mean, at one point, I did own a really big and van. And then you would spray paint the side yourself. Yeah, no like, windows. Hey, look, but you, you never finished a mural. And you have a gray door. Right. You give it that vibe. But I, I, but I have a question for you guys for the roast, right? So, like, I had a really rough day today, right? Okay. So I'm already in a dark place, and so when I hear people say things, that's where the roasting comes out in me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it comes from a dark place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All my writing, he's known me for almost three years now, right? Yeah. A lot of mine comes from dark, because, like, I gave I can't him, believe it's been that long, too. I yeah, saw yeah. your Facebook memory. I of, still remember the first time I sent you a message, you were on your way back from Florida. Yeah. Aw. 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 Touching hug, moment. You hug, hug real quick? Yeah. He, he'd be lucky <laughs> for me to fuck him, okay? Get the <laughs> fuck <laughs> out of here, dude. Power bottom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I am. I know. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, but it comes from a dark place, because it's hard to be me to people right i have no issue with it right like earlier he said something about i write all the time and the first thing that popped in my head i was like how many are suicide notes <laughs> that's the first thing that popped in my head my name is bj so for 39 years i'm 39 i had to deal with being on defense constantly right but do you guys when you write does it work you have to go dark do you guys pull something from a dark place or is it just i feel like it works better if you're in a dark place Sometimes it does, and sometimes it works a lot better if you actually know the person. Like, I, my last roast, like I said, was against Jacqueline Metcalf, and my very first show. Like, it was the very first time I'd ever met Jacqueline, and I've talked to her for a long time. And honestly, with that last roast battle, can I we, honestly think she phoned it in can a we, lot. Can we give her a little bit of friendly uh, banter here? Her main punchline for you the whole time was, is he on drugs? Right. All she had against me was like, I do drugs. I don't know. Is he? I'm on drugs. Uh, yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, yeah, I'm on some sort of drugs. But she looks like heroin chic without the chic. Right. Exactly. Like, all she had against me was, I do drugs and I suck in bed. And you get, like, Juice, you sat there right in the front row, man. Mm-hmm. I had shot after shot after shot. I was yep. loaded to the nines. That's why I did. You, ready you, you to got go. A, you got a unanimous decision, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm fairly yeah. certain I got a unanimous so you, decision. So you used to be fat, right? You yeah, said? I used to be a lot fatter. And, I, and I'm a big dude, right? So if you're a big dude, like there's not a whole lot because they always go for the obvious, right? So you know, like you know, you have a certain look, and then over you you look like a minority, right? Because you are one, yeah. Absolutely. You look Absolutely. like one. I don't know. Are Absolutely. You? But, Maybe. but you never know, right? Yeah, it all yeah. depends on what county Nowadays, you're in, right? Yeah. Like I'm dark complected. Either I'm Italian in certain states, or I like I am part Hispanic, or I'll say I'm Hispanic. Yeah. South Carolina, I am Italian. If you go there, say you're Italian. Right. It's a true story. They asked me what I was. 
and I thought they were talking about my position because of where I was working at out there, but they wanted to know what race I was. And I was like, uh, Italian? They're like, oh, yeah, you look Italian. I was like, <laughs> I'm out. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but well, did, thank God. They could have gone one of very many different ways. Uh, Perez, where does yours come from? Um, joy. joy. It, so, yeah, yeah. So I know I have a lot of history, um, but I want to make people laugh. Everyone yeah. with that show with you and Calvin, though, thought, that you were just literally just off the cuff with everything. Yeah. Like you were just responding to everything that he had or giving your own shots. So nothing was prepared for that. Sometimes that almost all. feels like a better presentation. No. I feel. So so what I did was, and I spoke to it earlier, and I don't mind mentioning it again. If I'm given time to prepare, I will. Yeah. Okay, I will. Um, so for a roast, I met the guy. Um, I saw a few things, wrote a few things down. Then I saw him that night, right. and a few things popped into my head. So there's a few things that I wanted to say that I forgot about. Yeah, and you said it comes from you said because he asked you about if it comes from like a darkness. You're saying it comes from joy. Yeah. So what? Where does that come from? Just like, because I want to make people laugh. Yeah. Like I enjoy laughing. Right. Um, and I'm I'm the guy when we hang out, play cards, or drink and drink. I I want to make people laugh. Now I do have. A bunch of history where I've lost a lot of people, but I don't need to bring that up um, to make me who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm a joyful person. I want to be that way. Um, so that's why, and I'll say it too, with Calvin and with Devon, because I have a level of respect for people, I reached out and said, is there anything you want me to avoid? Right. And I will. Right. I don't care if we're in a roast battle. I will avoid it. But anything else that you don't mention, I'm attacking. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's all for the joy of people, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's there's some people that don't have a line. Like I don't. You could say whatever the hell you want against me. Mm -hmm. I really don't care. Mm -hmm. Um. But there are some people that have that line. Like there are people with kids that don't want you to reference that, or you know, there are people with other issues that don't want referenced, and that's you know, it's a good thing to have. You know, communication between the person you're roasting and yourself, um, just in case. I'm interested to see how I'm going to react when I do have kids. If people like go after that, if I'll be fine with it, because BJ knows me. I'm people make fun of me. It rolls off my back. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I just don't even, I don't really react. And that's why him and AP gave me a lot of shit for like the longest time because I wouldn't fight back with their like their jabs and stuff that they would give me and it's just that's just not my personality i'm not that kind of person i'm just the person that's having a good time let's go to the bar take some shots and be friends with everybody and wear shirts that don't fit you you know that that's not the case you know i look good he goes after me because of the shirts but he knows it's because i look good that's you look like if abercrombie had like a fat guy sore <laughs> yeah well i look good all right I go to the gym and I work really hard to look like a fat. You're the, only, you're the only guy that goes to the gym and gains weight. Yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. Muscle, I mean, muscle, Planet muscle Fitness had fat. like exactly. a pizza night, so I mean, I I'm sure he's not the only one. <laughs> it's uh, I think it's 25 cents to join right now at Planet Fitness. Yeah, always join right when they're about to have pizza time. Yep, and uh, to I think it's rolls. like the second Monday of every month or something. Yep. I was a member of Planet Fitness uh, for a while. That's how I lost a lot of weight because I did a lot of cardio. Like, that was my big thing, because I already knew, like, upper body-wise, I was strong and everything, so I didn't need that. But I was fat. And, Planet. like, I knew just running on a treadmill, that's how I would do it. So you 
did it right, but Planet Fitness actually preys on the masses because their gyms are not set up for the amount of people that are like have subscriptions to oh, their God, gyms. No. Because well, if because if everybody went that is like a member, they would be to capacity past capacity. Well, and Planet Fitness, you can tell that there is someone who does project management or Lean Six Sigma right. has read the data. Go ahead and take these people in because they won't be here. Exactly. Yeah. Right? That's what that's their whole <laughs> oh, business <yeah>. model. <laughs> and that's what's crazy in the they, they make it so cheap that the like since they get all these people, they know that these people like for example, like which this isn't a great example because I don't pay for my gym membership. I'm on my mom's plan still. <laughs> <clears throat> I technically live in Noblesville. The YMCA doesn't know it. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> Are we live now? <laughs> I'm not worried about it. The YMCA is not up on the times with technology. Um, but no, like, we, but the YMCA is expensive. Relatively. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there are, I think there are programs for like low income families, things like that. But for like my mom's plan, like, I mean, she's paying over 150 bucks a month for her family. Um, and I'm part of that. And my little brother and sister and all those people are part of it. Um, but she's paying that. So I feel like if I was paying that, I would feel obligated to go. But if I was paying, what was the, is it 10 bucks it a like month? 10 at, bucks a month. Planet yeah. Fitness. There's so many people that are like not dedicated to their fitness. It's gonna be like, that's eh, fucking ten bucks. I don't care. Oh, yeah. if I was paying hundred and fifty dollars, I'd be waking every motherfucker up in the yeah. house at six a.m. Be like, we're going to the we're gym, going bitch. To YMCA. Right, we're Come going. On. I'm getting my money's worth out of your ass. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I paid uh, anytime fitness like. Whatever fifty was it fifty? Uh, it was probably 50. whatever. I didn't because LA go. Fitness is forty nine ninety nine. I didn't go for like a year. I mean, when the auto yeah. debit hits, though, you're like shit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. So how about this? My wife runs a fitness studio. Yeah. And then I'm over here, like I'm kind of getting into it now. But she's like, "Are you uh, gonna make our money worthwhile?" Or I was like, ah, "Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> maybe tomorrow." Procrastinator's motto: Maybe tomorrow. What the fuck is Brad talking about? An is he all right? Is he Brad? Dude, Brad, I think Brad might have ever be Brad stroke. is probably one of the hardest people to text. I'm gonna yeah. call him out right I've now. Never, yeah. Like I've messaged Brad on Facebook, and like he, I haven't fully noticed it. But so, so what I feel like is going on, and this happens with me too. So that's why I feel like I can kind of associate with him with this situation. I think he's got all these thoughts going in his head, yeah. and he's texting you, but he's texting you 25% of this 100% thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So That's what happens when your brain sped up really fast. <laughs> so, so you think, because it, it happens to me on the regular basis, like I'll look at my wife and I'll be like, <clears throat> so yeah, we're just not going to do that this weekend, right? And Because in my head, I had been thinking about like what we were planning on doing we're not going to do it. And then I just give her the last like 25% of the thought. And then she looks at me. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I just realized I did the thing that I always do, which is give you just part of that. Part of that. Part it was of that, logical earlier. But professional not. communicator. Yeah. At least he spelled it right. See, and so what, I, I, like that's that's 25% uh, of I think what, he, what he's thinking. <laughs> See, I, I, I feel like though I love you, Brad. But with, I'm telling you, with your wife, it's a much different story. Because when I was married, like 
I'm sorry. A story between two guys about how their day went is five minutes. Oh, yeah. My wife would tell me a story about how a half an hour went. It would last three hours, and I was just like, I feel like this would have been easier had I just fucking been there. So that might just be one reason why she might be the ex-wife, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just, <laughs> just one. Yeah. One. Because, like, that's what's really great. My wife and I are both on the same page with that. Um, if we're watching a TV show and we're really into it and the other person walks in and wants to talk about their day, usually you'll get the <sighs> pause it. Oh, you got All pause. right. What do you yeah, got? What yeah. do you, what do you have to say right now? Yeah. Okay. And then go back to watching what you're doing. Right. There's no talking. And we do it to each other and we both get pissed off about it, but we also understand because the other person's doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're on the same page. No. We get no kids, right? Right. It's on the way though. I mean, it's a it's a possibility so, coming soon. So what I do has been married eighteen years. So when she starts to do that, I was like, "Hey, I get some other car. I'll be right back." <laughs> right. And I just don't come back. And then you just smoke like don't six cigarettes back. outside, <laughs> right? listen to a podcast, yeah. and, uh, I'm go going get some Taco to get, Bell. I'm going to get a pack of cigarettes. I'm going to smoke <laughs> the whole fucking thing before I walk back in this house, though. No, I never tell her what I'm doing. I was like, I gotta get some other car. Yep. And then just leave it. And she's like, "All right, babe." And I'm like, I just never she walk back. Which in. car? There you go. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned being a '90s kid. Yeah. Wow. So what? So I would say, yeah, I'm only 30 years old. Like I just turned 30 this year. You look 72. I know, right? Like and it was terrible. Like you've been through it every time. You look like you've been in a cult, a few of them. Yeah. And like, every, and you didn't drink the Kool Aid. Every else time passed, I've always asked somebody, like, "What do you? How old do you think I am?" I'd be like in my right mid 20s. They're like, "Oh, you got to be like 40." I'm Give like, "I fucking out. hate you." What up, no. my brother-in-law, Mon Lynch? What's up, brother? Hey, thanks for joining the Facebook Live, hey, man. I appreciate you. it. Um, oh, but, man, my frat brother. Man. See, look at that, dude. You're see, bringing all kinds of people into the Juice of the Morning feed. Yeah, Come yeah. on. All the people here. <clears throat> all right, so real quick, though. Does it offend you, Nick, if when you guys both said your age, I was kind of blown away? Yeah. Because you said 40. I turned 40 in August. Yeah. I turned 40. Right. And you said 30. I turned 40 I turned in March. 30, I turned 30 this past August. Like, man, I just want to give you a hug. Right? <laughs> right? Black don't crack, but white looks like shit all the time, I guess. Like, at least when you're ginger, yeah. that's what happens. So, so yeah, I, the sun is not August, your friend, is August, it? No, it is not. August 10th. Not one bit. Leo, Mine's August. actually August 5th. Ah, my my uh, <laughs> ten my, years later, my, my wife was my, my wife was born August twenty second or August fourteen. My son was born August twenty second. Yeah, August. I mean, August is a good month, so that's a good. I month. say wait Holy. around till next year. I might end up looking like Bernie Sanders or fucking Carrot Top <laughs> by the end of it. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. Like when you walked in the garage, I want to give you change. <laughs> <laughs> Like you got a guy. Like, oh, are you roasting or what? Are you gonna roast or what? I told him he needs to get on there. Yeah, why not? No, I, just, I just have fun because is is like you guys just coming on this podcast is yeah. hard enough. How many podcasts you done, P. Rez? This is my second one in a week. Um, Nick with an H. Yeah. Uh, this is my second one in total. I did okay. uh, one of Jaglin's podcasts. It was like the very. It was like the third episode. And of the it's whole not thing. easy because you walk because you never know what you're walking into, and you walk right, into right. here, and you're like, there's right. cameras everywhere, and so um, and but it's yeah, we need to get these rolling again. So mine was I had Dustin Sunday as my first one ever, yep. right? And then here we are. So I, did he do the? Cool. Was it the speaking from experience? Yeah, yep. yeah. Me and a, a, a toy. Jeff I'm a, toy, I'm yeah. a big fan of that. Was it speaking of experience? Well, he he does married with children. Yeah, but we did speaking from experience. No, he's one of my good buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. So I did speaking of experience where I talked about uh, episode two about mental uh, mental men, health, mental health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was cool because you go on this one; it's a comedy one's a lot of fun. And then, but if you listen to Dustin's other stuff, and it's like 
a totally different direction. And yeah. that's why it's so much fun to do. I would love to do any of them because you see how he, his posts are talking about positivity. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. Yeah, because I mean, we're all I mean, we're all making jokes, but like part of being in comedy, though, like I said, a dark place. But sometimes our brains are not wired the same way as everybody else because we have this notion to make everybody else laugh. And yeah. a lot of times it's, why do I want to make them laugh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, some of my favorite comedians are just mentally not work right you know yep. god i'm waiting oh, yeah. i'm waiting until i don't have a regular job and i can get real weird and real dark yeah but you're, you're you're the day is coming yes because yeah. nobody really knows but there's there's some stuff that i'm i'm ready to get out there but i think so everybody has that yeah i'm not i'm not minimizing no no no, 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 no. i'm not minimizing what you have you. i agree with you um mm-hmm. but everybody expresses it differently mm-hmm. too so the mental health thing you have to let emotion be emotion, man right. or woman. Let it go. Yeah. And I, I choose to do it through comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of history that I've lost a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's okay to expose it your own way, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. I like when my dad passed. Uh, it'll be a year next month, December second. Um, I hadn't done comedy in a long time. I went to Jokers at, on a Monday night and just ate a dick. Like seriously, like someone just passed around, hit me in the face with a dick constantly. <laughs> it was awful, right? And and two days later, I went and did uh, Kettle Top, right? And I wasn't prepared for Monday because me and you were going up there to yeah, talk to Yeah, we walked you. and we were talking to the comedians. Uh, we were talking to Hensley and then we were talking to the guy that uh, owns, or not owns, but it's like the GM of uh, Jokers. Jokers. Because we were trying to do a live podcast. For the like World a, Series. Yeah. When was this? Recently? No. No, this was like probably four or five, six months ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ike. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he does straight up stupid. That was my first show. Was, yeah, was, that, was, was, the, that Daniels, was the show was I first up, saw. Yeah, yeah. I was cool, man. He, he he helps me out a lot. Yeah, he's man. a great yeah, guy. Yeah. And then um, and I ate it. And then Wednesday I went up there. And then I actually sat down and got wrote it. And then the last part of my joke act was a bill collector calling for my dad to pass away. And then so and then I did it. And I got off stage. And, <laughs> and someone can kind of believe I couldn't do it. But that's how I dealt with it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, and it's and it's a good form. But one question I have for both of you guys is: you've been doing it a short amount of time. Have you guys ate ate it bad? We got off stage. Like, okay, I need to find the next mic right now to get this fixed. Oh yeah, I've had that moment. Like I've done 1949 and Verns, where just like I felt like I ate it so fucking bad, and like immediately as soon as I stepped off stage, like I knew it. I was just like, that was fucking terrible. Like I need to go fix this right now. Mine wasn't, I need to fix it. Mine was, I failed. That was my initial fear of doing comedy in the first place, mm-hmm. was getting up there, looking dumb, and failing. Uh, so the way I hold that onto myself, it, it lingers for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me said, all right, go ahead and just stop. You're done. You're good. But you hear the greats, Eddie Murphy on... Um, Comedians in cars getting coffee. Yeah, Have you ever yeah. seen that yeah. with Jerry yeah. Seinfeld? Yeah. Watch yeah. it all the time. So Eddie Murphy was like, "I bombed all the time," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, right. Stop playing." So, so I initially thought about I failed, but here, you know, here we are. Right. See, for me, it's one of those things. Like, I know I'm not gonna be Eddie Murphy or Gabriel Iglesias or rest in peace Robin Williams. My first fucking shot up there. I know that's not gonna happen. I'm gonna bomb. It's bound to happen but like i said every set is a learning experience you take that bomb and you rewrite those jokes you reword how you do things you bring a different energy and it can kill on a different 
you know venue or a di- even the same venue different crowd I, yeah. I, and i've looked at it as like i'm gonna put in enough work that it's not gonna be god awful but i'm just gonna i'm waiting for that to eventually happen because mm-hmm. it will and every every comedian that you listen to on podcasts that you see in interviews on tv movies things like that everyone mentions that they have had bad shows they've had bad shows i i agree with it i believe it but until it happens to you right it's just you weird, don't know man. you don't know what's like yeah. you don't know if it's yeah. gonna happen like, or so, not. so so when i did my first open mic i did a few i didn't kill it i didn't go out there and you know be the greatest ever right but i did decent mm-hmm. and i had a show a few weeks ago with Dwayne cobb it was um at memories or the little area near memories and that was the first time I left stage, or even during the set, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> People are on their phones. Yeah. No one's laughing. So you start to rush through your set. Yep. You you, you get nervous. Me, personally, and I held it. Mm-hmm. Like, I left, and I I heard the other comedians, but I didn't I didn't listen. I was defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to learn to just get past that, because D.L. Hewley himself said, I don't look back at a good or bad set. Mm-hmm. He's doing it for 30 years. Yeah. uh, But I do have a great joke. Next time you bomb, though, P-Rex, just go, I haven't seen a crowd this dead since 9-11. Damn. (laughs) And then when they start moaning back, I know, I know. Never forget. I get it. (laughs) Feel free to use it. Feel free. Just give credit. dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I I did a eulogy at my uh, pops' funeral, and I was more nervous doing stand-up the first time than doing that. Really? Yeah, because you're thinking in front of your peers, you're doing a speech for your possible. More nervous at your dad. Stand up. Okay, okay. Even I though, can see that. Yeah. I can see it, really. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, the yeah. first time just pacing around, like doing laps going, yep. because everything I had done had been successful, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. sh- this show, other things, and I got up there, and it was okay. Uh, but we had like three like uh, white women just staring at you, and they're yeah. sitting there eating wings, and yeah. and they're just like, and you're just like, you want to say something to him, but you don't or whatever. But that was the hardest part is because yeah. you don't really see back. You just see that front right in front of you. And you're like, bitch, why aren't you laughing? <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, June 5th, that first open mic, Ray Hensley was the, uh, the host at Helium. I was literally backstage and I was next. I considered just not doing it. Oh, shit. So like, I was so scared, man. That was AP? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I did it. I did decent. And I kept rolling, um, but I was that I was that scared, man. I say, yeah, that first time up, like um, 1949, when Brad had me on, I think I down like four beers by the time I got on stage. Like, just to have the confidence enough to be able to try and do this. When I first started the podcast, I had a rule that I had to have at least three beers before I started. Every time, three? every time, I only three. BJ, because BJ's heard my first couple of podcasts. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't even do it come, justice, come on, come on. dude. Hi, this is uh, Justin Juice Kelly, Juice in the Morning. My mom bought me this podcast <laughs> equipment uh, for Christmas. Um, I'm really hoping you listen to it. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like a minute long, maybe. Well, it's what they played to the Taliban and ISIS, so they get it. <laughs> but isn't it everything, though? Well, my, my thing oh, is... Oh, yeah. Ours were awful, too, because well, we're like... Ours they, were. They, they practiced before they started, whereas I just started doing it. You just jumped in head first. And just started throwing... Like, I've always looked at it this way. Smugcast did everything the right way. I did everything just like the shotgun approach. Like when they talk about uh, guys like hitting on women and like they're hitting on everybody because they're shotgunning it out mm-hmm. there. They're they're sending it to everybody. 
whereas they were like kind of laser focused like a sniper rifle whatever but my whole thought process on this whole media thing is i'm going to try everything and i'm going to try to do anything i can and i'm going to throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks and uh you know i've gone i mean people give me shit all the time i've gone through multiple co-hosts i'm sure I wonder. That's why I don't want to keep sitting here. I wonder if Dustin Roller is going to bring that up because that's the other thing that I want to throw out there about the roast battle. Okay. It's not a good show if you guys are doing inside jokes because nobody knows yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Except for maybe that group. And yeah. I'm not saying that you did, anybody in this room did that. I'm just See, saying. I, fe- I feel like one of mine against Jaglin because of like how she dressed. Because uh, I do tattoos in spare time. But if you're doing that, that makes sense. And I. I did a cover up for Jacqueline and I made mentions to that, right. but nobody could see the tattoo right. really. So for somebody like you that had never seen me or Jacqueline or anything like that might have thrown you. I right. can see that. And that's just that's just an idea that I have throwing it out there for any future roast battlers, those kind of people like if even if you know that person really well and you think this joke is going to like really get them. So but then like now I'm like my whole mind's like fucking running because I'm like but if you hit somebody with something really personal, it might throw them off their game. Oh if, yeah. If yeah. you're doing it as like a if you're doing it as like for sure it's a competition, it's yeah. not a show. That's almost like in professional wrestling, if somebody's like hitting somebody for real no, to fuck oh, them yeah. up. A well, shoot instead of a yeah. work. It's called yeah. a, yeah, oh, it's yeah, called a shoot. Yeah. It's called a shoot, yeah. If so, you working it's also called working stiff if you hit too hard. Okay. Yep. But you could also get what's called a receipt. It's also a wrestling term. What's that? If you hit somebody, it's called working stiff. And if but you I'm do saying too what's, many, what's receipt? A receipt is I'm gonna that means when someone comes back at you. Oh, okay. it's called yeah. getting a receipt okay. for hitting them. Yep. yep. Sound going in and out. All right, so we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna keep the show going for the audio, but we're gonna go ahead and shut off the live just because I swear it's like at about an hour. It just stops yeah. working well mm-hmm. because okay. I think that's a Facebook thing. I'm starting to think that that's what it is. All right, all right, Grant. All right, Grant. Appreciate you. You know what actually made it go better last time is when that thing went to sleep. That one time. Alright. Sorry about that, guys. But we're we're back to the audio portion. Um but yeah, I, I think when when I think about the roast war, I think about when I've talked to Brad, I'm like, we need to turn this into a production like that. Oh yeah. And that's the way like I personally felt Brad has done this, especially like Roast War for you know subtitle Roastamania. Yep. Come on, like Roastamania is going to be awesome. It is. It's going to be. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to roast the fuck out of Dustin Roller. That's right. He's going to come at me over it. I already know what he's coming at me with. See, because I'm like, such an open book of what I am and who I am and what I do on the podcast that he he can't really say anything that has not been said to me by BJ, not been said to me by AP, not been said to me by Johnny, not been said to me by every person that ever listens to the podcast. So See, I'm not scared. And that's that's exactly how I feel. Like I don't think he knows I, I what I'm going to bring. I don't think there's anything that anybody, whether it be Tommy Iyer, Jacqueline Metcalf, you know, anybody in this scene that I haven't heard before. Right. Like, you're not really going to touch me. Yeah. But I might burn you to the ground. So you feel like you're kind of the wild card. I I feel like it, and I feel like like Brad kind of sees that. You know, he called me uh, when I went up against Sandra at Roast War Three. He called me the Dusty Roads of this whole thing, <laughs> and like 
Dusty be, Rhodes is a good reference. Being being a wrestling fan, like and knowing what Dusty Rhodes built in his career, like that meant a lot to me. But I got up on stage and I did my Dusty Rhodes impression. You know, I have dined with kings and queens and I have sat in dumpsters, ate poking beans. <laughs> you know, and but like I, I love the production that Brad is is turning this into. I love the steel cage. I love the sponsorship. I love the the just show that we're making of all this. I mean, he sent us a text of all the like awards. I was trying to figure out if that was real or not, uh, because there's a lot of a lot of the negative ones are like that's kind of like kind of maybe a win, real or maybe not, a win. This is another bullet in another the layer. gun to use, yep. and I have definitely got stuff written to use against Tommy Iyer. Another layer to oh, the Oh yeah, it just adds that much more ammunition to what you already have. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for November twenty second. Two it's weeks. Gonna be, it's gonna be fantastic. Two weeks is gonna be fabulous, um, dude. <sighs> with comedy and media and stuff, because like I'm sure you guys both. Are you do it? I mean, you guys have regular jobs yeah. too, correct? Oh yeah. yeah. So. Oh yeah, I have a forty-hour-a-week job. But doesn't when you're doing the forty-hour-a-week job and then you're trying to get as much media, as much comedy in as possible, time flies. It's it gone does. before you even know it. And so, full-time job, married, two kids. Out of respect for my household, I don't go down. I don't do open mics a lot. Right. I do it one a week at the very least. So sometimes two. That's probably where I'm going to be at. Yeah. And See, I want to do. I want yeah. like. There's the opportunity to do one yeah. every night. Basically. Every night. Oh yeah. yeah. In this town, there's In definitely. There's I mean, Monday definitely. through Sunday. To be honest. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh yeah. If you can try to work clean, there's gutties on uh, on, the on weekends, Sundays. Yeah. The, like which is like the only Sunday thing I think I've ever heard of. Yeah. Yep. And then you got Vern's on Friday, which is I think yep. is one of the only Friday shows that's an open mic. Yeah. Thursday yes. you got um. 930 Liberty Street, I think. Uh, there's Liberty Street and Level Up. Level Up Level just up. started last week on Halloween. I, I want to do that next Thursday. I think that, uh, yeah, because I didn't I have the chance clean. to do it yesterday. Yeah. I want to do it next Thursday. Clean? I think that's clean. And it's a little bit more clean, but for like the couple people that I talked to that went the first night, like they just kind of did their normal stuff. And some of them have a bit more adult material, and everything mm. was copacetic, from my understanding. Well, and luckily like i mean you guys have heard me on this show like i've probably cursed maybe two or three times yeah, i don't do it a lot just in my natural yeah. Yeah, right, like right. vernacular like mm-hmm. i don't oh yeah cuss. so that so to be a clean comedian is not going to be a far stretch for mm-hmm. me like it's and not going to be tough yeah there are some people where like i feel like working clean it's a challenge and it is an incredibly difficult challenge because in, in my everyday, man, I curse like a sailor. I'll drop the F-bomb four times in an eight-word sentence. Like, <laughs> So um, there's a lot of... A lot more opportunity, I feel, if you can work clean because you have that much, of an, that much more of an audience. Mm. But there are some opportunities and there are some people that when they work dirty material... Like, Angie Temple is great at this and I absolutely love Angie Temple. Her material would not work in a clean environment but in anywhere else where there's no restrictions oh man she will kill it Mm. every single time i will say this um um ike daniels the one who does did the joker is does straight up stupid he advised me early um work on being able to do a clean set right because it makes you more bookable yep um you could do more more venues more clubs and not just no cursing yeah 
clean content. Clean even like the content. Yes. Yeah. So, Dennis Tooley, yeah. the guy that taught, taught the classic gutties, um, he does like corporate comedy. So he's like, my gigs aren't weekends anymore. It's kind of like Monday through Friday. So I have my weekends with my family. And he's like, and I'm getting paid pretty well yep. to yeah. do these yep. to do yep. these sets. So yep. it's just it's just an yep. interesting thing. Yep. <clears throat> it is. And one piece of uh, advice Jacoby Ray gave me really early on was work your set in three different fashions. One that you can tell on like at a bar with no filters. Mm-hmm. One that you could tell on late night where you know you have some restrictions, yep. and then one you could tell at a place like Gutty's or that's family yep. friendly. That's a completely clean set. Yep. Have three versions of that set. No matter where you are, you can, you can still perform mm-hmm. that set nice. and get laughs. Yeah. So, so my, uh, I got two more things I want to do before we get out of here because sure. we're getting around an hour. Oh, yeah. um, the first thing that I want to get from both of you guys is: Does your job or your day to day life influence your comedy? Oh yeah. So definitely I'd so go ahead and so. start and then you can go either one so, so some of it some of it so like I guess I turned 40 a lot of my comedy is my history my upbringing my, my my parents high school whatever college but a little bit of the day-to-day stuff has to go in there because right. it's, it's my current experiences mm-hmm. so that's where I write and mm-hmm. I see a few things let me add that in mm-hmm. or I hear a guy say something and I elaborate. So does, yeah, so does your does. personal job lend itself to that too? It does, it does because I just choose to take my personal experiences, right. and I'm there every day. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm I'm the same way. My job definitely helps me, and I, I take those personal experiences, some of which happen at my job because I just work with some kooky motherfuckers, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not necessarily them. I have a joke that um, I was watching my daughter at my job. And her mom has been letting her watch movies that aren't necessarily appropriate for a six-year-old. And she stood at the front door and quoted the movie Super Troopers (laughs) and was like, You boys like Mexico? (laughs) I happened to turn around. There's two Hispanic dudes standing at the counter. And I'm like, the comic in me just wants to burst out laughing. But, like, the employee in me is like, Barbara. And Explain the, to him, hey, this is actually a comment from a movie. This yeah. is right? <laughs> like, like, there's a lot of things. I, I feel a lot of personal experiences, at least with me and the characters that I, you know, meet in everyday life. Like, they lend everything that comes in can lend itself to comedy in some way or another. Like, there's been a ton of, you know, me and my my roommate just sitting in the living room, like, smoking one, playing some games, just bullshitting. Uh, another one of my jokes, um, I had watched the movie In the Tall Grass on Netflix. It's a Stephen King movie. And I love Stephen King. And I, I had made a reference to, like, to tell him kind of what this movie was about, and there's a big rock in it, and somebody was like, I want you to touch the rock, and he just looked at me and was like, I think he prefers to be called Dwayne now. <laughs> and, like, I fucking burst out laughing. Yeah. Like, I couldn't fucking help it. Yeah. Um, that, that, the everyday life thing is something that I think is very important because it's, you can speak it in, like, into existence yep, almost. Yep, like, yep. as, as you're telling the story, people can relate with it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, it's the difference between writing something that you think is funny mm-hmm. and you didn't experience it, mm-hmm. but you think it's funny. Like, cause we have thoughts like that. Like, I oh, guarantee God, you, yeah. we have thoughts all the time. Okay. They're like, man, that's funny as shit. But 
you didn't experience it, so it probably takes longer to work that out yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to something that you experienced individually. Because <clears throat> you have all those details and you can recall all those things. That's why I like being but a storyteller. Also, and yeah, and then it also gets your whole, like, even your body movement, your mm-hmm. your thought process, because a lot of times, like, there's a couple things in this, because I've, I've got five minutes. I feel pretty confident yeah. that I could go up there and yeah. do this five minutes. It won't be the same every time because yeah. I had to get over that. That freaked me out at the first, because I was like, man... I can't, I'm not delivering it the same way I did last time. And then I was like, you know what? You won't. It, you won't. Yeah. It's, it reminded Definitely. me of it reminded me of one of my favorite bands, OER. Every time they go on stage, their show could be different. Mm-hmm. That's the same with yeah. comedy because you might forget about something. You might think of something. I thought of two mm-hmm. things on the, the kettle top comedy that I was like, I threw in there just to like kind of get a little bit of a, like a chuckle. And it worked, and I was like, "Well, now I got to add that in there." Like, oh yeah, there's it's definitely be stuff like that all, all the, the time, time that happens. Like uh, one of the shows that Perez and I were at not super long ago it was a 1949 show that uh, Roberto Garcia hosted. Yeah, and like I, literally, I like him too. By I, the way, I, I literally, yeah, I yeah. literally walked on stage and I was like, "I could see exactly what you guys are thinking." Another fat white guy in a fucking hat. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. And and sometimes you know things just off the cuff kind of pop to you right. and. You know, there are sometimes you use it, there are sometimes you don't, and it it's a good tool to use. You just have to know when to when pull to it to out. It, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, last question: If you could, and I'll start with Perez because we'll just go in that same order because we've been doing it the whole night. Um, if we, if you were to dream set or dream comedian that you could open for, Eddie Murphy. So, so then you would be able to like communicate with them, all. Eddie Murphy. Oh my God. It's, it, it, Number one. Easy, easiest question Number one. I've ever heard in my life. Not even close? No, not even close. Nobody ever? Not even close. That's good. Eddie Murphy. I like that. Oh, I like the confidence. God. I like the song. Eddie Mur- so so why, why Eddie Murphy then? He might have been my first stand-up that I saw. Okay. Probably shouldn't have. Right. I was probably 12, 13, yeah. whatever. Eddie Murphy was. raw, it, right? Wasn't it? Was, it was crazy. It was raw, but yep. he did Delirious first. Yep. Yeah. Delirious was before raw. Did you see Delirious first? No, I saw Raw right? first. And then saw Delirious. I could. And I got to go back and watch those. Oh yeah, it's been a while since I've well, seen those. It was, too. was super duper impressive. When he did Delirious, he was like twenty two. It's crazy, isn't it? On stage in front of all these people, and the way he he the way he uh, he brought to life the stories that he told, his delivery, his his rawness, yeah. Murphy raw. There's not to me. There's to me. There's there's none better, man. So he's he's number one. Oh, it, yeah, for, for me, sure, personal, yeah. Yep. All right, for you. For, for me, living wise, it'd be Gabriel Iglesias. You could go living dead. One hundred percent. Everyone living or dead, it'd been Robin Williams. One hundred percent. I spent a majority of my childhood like watching Robin Williams movies. I was one of those kids. I would watch Mrs. Doubtfire, but I'd run around the house the entire time it was on, and the second it was over, I demanded we watch it again. Right. And I would watch that movie 300 times a day. Like, I absolutely loved Robin Williams, and it was a little bit later in life. I think it was about 14 or 15, and later in life. Uh, <laughs> I think it was about 14 or 15 when I ever, like, first really saw Robin Williams doing stand-up. It was live on Broadway, done okay. in, I think, 2001. Wow. And... I was just blown away because this was not the Robin Williams I knew from like Flubber or Aladdin or right. Mrs. Doubtfire. Comic relief. You know, was, and it's yeah. it's one of those things. He goes into the show flat out stating, this is night, not your normal night of theater. 
this is going to be Shakespeare with a strap on, like, and he prepares you for it, but it was like nothing I'd ever seen, and I absolutely loved every second of it, and I've watched that special a million and a half times, and I will still laugh at every one of those jokes, because they're legitimately really funny, and... I feel, so you'd open for Robin Williams and yep. you'd open for Iglesias. Yep. And I've actually had a friend of me, a friend of mine, call me like a Robin Williams case. One of those people that just pres- uh, projects so much outward positivity, wanting to make other people happy. It doesn't matter what you're feeling personally. And like that, just like Brad calling me Dusty Rhodes for, you know, Roast Wars a couple times ago, like that meant so much to me because I hold Robin Williams in such a high regard for what we do. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so there, so those are the, those are the number ones. Um, man, that's, those are both really good. That's, that's very interesting. And I mean, we've, BJ and I have talked probably hundreds of times on the podcast about, our favorite comedians and things like that. Yeah, mine's Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Yeah. Oh, I lo- listen. Bill Burr doesn't get the the, the regard that he deserves. McGraw, uh, I love Bill Burr. Dude. Oh, Mine, Bill Burr is incredibly funny. Besides being young, but the newer ones were Mitch Hedberg. Obviously, he's he's one oh yeah, he's a great one liner. Like he's he's like the boom boom. He boom. is the, the best king of one liners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through yeah. a whole like phase because yeah. I was listening to Mitch Hedberg so much that I would just like talk and act like Mitch Hedberg and just yeah, well, randomly spout off fucking stupid one-liners yeah. and shit like that. You guys haven't been a part of it, but anybody that's listened to the podcast or who's a diehard listener to the podcast knows my whole story of when I first started paying attention to stand-up comedy. I had seen it when I was a kid, yeah. didn't remember it. I still don't remember it to this day. I remember specifically the special that I watched and I started remembering stand-up comedy Uh 2006, Dane, Dane Cook, Vicious Circle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it was a great, was, great special. It was probably a year and a half after that it came out, but I saw it in probably like 2007, 2008. But I started stealing, like, so as soon as I saw that, I started diving into his like backlog of yeah. like yeah. Comedy yeah. Central yeah. Presents, yep. Um, all the stuff that he did. And I was like, so I started like picking out like jokes that he was telling. And then I would go out to the bars because I knew in my head, like, I like I had always done okay with the ladies, but I like I knew that if you were funny, girls liked you. Like when like I knew that before going to college. So when I, well, went, I was a train wreck so with I, the ladies, so that, I, being funny doesn't so, necessarily help you. So, let's, let's, so be, basically, I stole all of his jokes, and then so <laughs> most of the girls, most of the girls wouldn't know who he was. Yeah. But then occasionally you would come upon one that knew. The so jokes. he stole some of his jokes, and then you ended up stealing them. I don't. Oh, I, Dane didn't oh. really steal jokes, did he? Second yeah. level. Mm-hmm. We're, we're calling out. I thought like, they worked it out Dane though. Cook that on like it was the joke. Him and Louis C.K. had the same yeah. idea. Louis C.K. Yeah, but like he had done it in Boston in front of Dane, and he still did it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but they they even did it on the Louis C.K. the the show. No, I'm not saying like, they're not good now. No, I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm they, just saying like I thought they talked it out that it was not stealing. It was you guys had the same idea and the same bit, but it was slightly different. But it he, still felt like you stole it. Yeah. So, revelation: Dane Cook of podcasting, Justin Juice Kelly. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> talk, you have Dane Cook walk they, in here. They've like, talked about shit. it. They've talked about it 
all the time on Smugcast, all this bullshit of stealing guests. That's never been the case. I would say I would say more guests started on Juice in the Morning and then came to Smugcast. No, I'll, I'll go through the I'll go through the archives and we'll we'll pull it up. No, I'll put out the stats. No, I I guarantee no, because a lot of the guests you had on, I have no intention of ever talking to. He had a lot of garbage. Mm. Now I'm just waiting for people to be like, is he talking about us on that show? <laughs> right? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. just sitting here listening <laughs> like, this motherfucker's calling me out now. No, we've, no, uh, no, we started, uh, no, we started that gag or whatever because I, we, we would have a guest on. This is some behind the scenes stuff of podcasters. or, And I'd be like, hey, I had so-and-so on. He's like, well, I'm thinking about having him on or her on or whatever. And I'm like, no. Well, and the greatest thing was, was, I was able, like not necessarily I don't even necessarily think of it as stealing. I would hear them on their show and I'd have a ton of questions that they didn't ask and mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Well, I want to have them on my show so I can ask them that question because I think that would be interesting." So, I almost look at it more collaboratively than stealing. Yeah, I mean, that's why we well, I, well, no, you didn't steal any guests or whatever. Right. It's just but we had what happened was there was your show, our show, and they were like, All right, we gotta make the rounds. Let's go smug cast juice and blah. But I blah, think blah. that would be good for you guys as comedians as well as promoting shows and promoting the roast war and that stuff, like going around and making the rounds of like the lo- like we know probably seventeen different people that do podcasts. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if any, you wanted to put something out there to get people there, there. seven of them are get. here. <laughs> exactly. That's what I say. Any exposure that we can get is like young, you know, comedians, you know, newer to the scene. Like at least I feel for me, any exposure I can have, dude, that's what I want. Because I'm sure comedy is just the same as podcasting. You're gonna have bigger fans that are not your close friends and family than you do your close friends and family. Yeah. No. I, probably. It, I would absolutely enjoy to do any podcast to promote myself man i would love to not go to this nine to five <laughs> right that's what, I, that's oh, yeah. what i'm if trying I, to do if i can just that's sit here and do this all day yeah. oh my god yeah, like yeah. that's why i think with uh yeah. that's why i think with uh flyover media man i think we actually have a potential to do that i'm just gonna glom onto bj because he's got like 17 podcasts he's doing so well, just, most untalented people go with talented people get the fuck out of here you know i'm talented just in a different way than you are yeah Get the fuck out of here. Whatever. Uh, Producer BJ over there. Give it up for him, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, let's give give him one one round of applause. (laughs) But no, uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, What I want to get from you guys is final thoughts. So it doesn't have to be about comedy. It doesn't have to be about anything. Two things. Final thoughts and then shameless plug. Yep. All right, uh, I'll go ahead and go and first. plug your stuff, plug where you're uh, going to be, that kind of shameless stuff. Shameless plug, literally right after I'm leaving here, I'm going down to Vern's to do the late night show at 9.30. Um, after that, I'm probably going to be up next week looking at 1949 Level Up and uh, Vern's as well. It's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um I'm going to try to join you for a couple of those. I I definitely want to go to Level Up because I want to check out what they've got rolling there. Like, I've been to 1949 several times and I've done Vern several times, but I want to check out uh, Level Up. That's going to be a really good one. As far as final thought, man, um, personally, I feel for me with comedy, I love doing stand-up. I feel roast battles are so much easier. All right. Because you actually have a target... And you're not just like, you, you don't have to just make up stuff or, you know, tell the things that happen. You actually have a target to make people laugh at. <laughs> like, I feel like it's easier, but it's so much more fun, too, at that same point. Yeah. 
No, oh, so yeah. and you've got shows coming up. I'm sure. I got a few. Um, so quick, shameless plug. I'll do P underscore Res nineteen is on Instagram. You can also find me the same way on Facebook, but it'll be Jason P Res Rogers. Uh, so next week I'm gonna hit one of the open mics. Still not sure yet. Kid schedules kind of got my life right now. Um, the roast war on on the twenty second. I don't want to blow up their spot, but I think we should do Thursday because I'm busy Friday recording the podcast. But Thursday I'm good. I would say yeah. Thursday Friday is, I have my kids after I leave work, so Thursday is definitely a much better day. For I haven't Friday. been to Jokers in a while, and Monday Mondays, night. Mondays are awesome. I should yeah, yeah. I should try to do that. They too. do. They no. I'll hit up Ray. Ray does awesome, man. Yeah. I would say I've been to a couple of those Joker yeah. shows, and I've performed one actually on my thirtieth birthday. It was fantastic. The only thing I'm worried about there is the fact that BJ ate a dick when he went up there, so I'm hoping right? that that's not going to happen to me. It's but just gonna rub the, off. The issue like, with open mics is it's all comedians right. listening to you. That, yeah, that's a, a big part of it's it. Different approach. No, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll hit up Ray for sure. Because th- there are definitely sometimes like I'll be sitting in the crowd and you know when it's all comic crowd or something, and I'll be like, I'm way funnier than that. <laughs> and then I go up there and eat a gigantic bag of dicks, and I'm no way funny. <laughs> like, but I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm so much funnier than that. So as I finish my shameless plug, I'm going to go ahead and say I hate that term, eating dick as a bombing yeah. kind of thing. That's kind of one of my sets. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be known. I'd rather say, say bomb. I saw you do I'd that joke in 1949. Yeah. I'd rather say bomb than eat dick. To, mm-hmm. to misinterpret me for a terrorist other than eating dick, man. <laughs> I'm good on that. Well, you're straight. I'm bisexual. <laughs> I don't give a shit if anybody thinks I eat dick. Because <laughs> I do. Let's say something else. Uh, I might have a show in Cincinnati. First weekend of December. We'll see how that works out. I'm, um, I'm not sure the details yet. Final thoughts. Thank y'all for having me. Um, Thanks five, for coming, five, man. Thank five months in, man. I, again, 40 years old, five months in. It's been a lifelong dream. I'm finally doing it. So, you know, here I we appreciate are, you coming on, both of you guys. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I know it, see, I, it probably seems maybe not the most sincere because I've done 200 podcasts, but. Seriously, having these kind of conversations is what I think the world needs for media. And I think that that's, it's going to be, I look at Juice in the Morning, like somebody asked me one time, like, how do you describe the show? I've never described the show as like, we're this thing where we talk about this and stand-up comedy has been a big part of it recently, but that's because that's what I'm interested in. So that's kind of the way the show goes. It goes based on ebbs and flows on what mm. we're doing the the nfl pick yep. podcast like that's right. that's i'm a yeah. huge nfl fan so that's go texas so we're dude i i finished a week 14 and one on my picks i got 14 out of the 15 you right lost now. last night you lost last night you picked, last night who was the one you picked? he already reminded me you know like, not that i give a fuck he's like hey i was like i don't really care but i did win my bet and yes. i think i'm gonna put uh i'm gonna put like i'm gonna do a 10 team parlay because if I if I can do fourteen and one, I can get ten right, right? Right. At love the confidence. Over over, un, over under or no? Eight? Just just uh, money line. Okay. So my final thoughts is: you ever notice that both these guys look like characters in Law and Order SVU? Oh, probably. <laughs> Am I Ice T? No, no, you like <laughs> no, no, no. You he, cannot even be Ice T. No, if you, I got to be the Savage Killer. You cannot be Ice T. You, you like the undercover cop who just busted him for heroin. That's right. Uh. <laughs> I do. I do All have right. uh, one more final final thought because um, I did want to bring up 
because one of the big reasons I want to be on the podcast, you had actually stated my record that the last roast war was the first one I ever won, which is not true. Okay. I am 2-1-1. One, and one. The first one I went against Papa G ended in a tie. I beat Lucas Morris at the second one when I titty-fucked him with a microphone. Uh, and then I lost to Sandra and beat Jaglin. So, yeah, I am 2-1-1, one, and one, not... One and three. Okay. My record is very important to me getting this title. Hey, Brad is the one who sent me the record. Hey, Brad. Talk to Brad. Brad, I will t- I will have a talk <laughs> with Brad. No, uh, my final thought is thank you guys both for coming in. Thank you, BJ, for being the producer with the mostest. I was trying to think of something that rhymed with producer. Yeah, and you're going to tell jokes. Good job. I just yeah. feel like I, hey, I saw the, the I have Bart prepared. This is, this is off the top of, like, of the head. At least you tried throwing in the trash. Off, like, the, head, at least you tried. off the top of the head, I'm not a good improv guy. Don't worry. I hate improv. I'll try it, but I'm not good I went at to it. an improv once in Ohio when to blow my head off. No, you enjoyed that. Yeah, when I was on stage. Yeah. And when we were in a car leaving. The Donald Trump <laughs> guy was good. I didn't. I don't even remember. You did. Get out of here. He's such a negative Nancy today in his <laughs> in his bathrobe or was your final thought house done? Robe. Yeah, my final thought thought was done. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Make sure to keep paying attention to Flyover Media. We got some more exciting shows. A show with Mondo. I'm doing a practice. I'm one excited with for that. I want to see uh, if that, we need uh, some diversity. Develops, you know? A lot of white guys. No. Really? Get the vine. I know, but there's still out. You got Perez over here. He kind of has to yeah. help make up some sort of. Johnny's Florida. some sort of something. Not, I mean, he's white, but like, he might also be an alien or something. Sam Ginger, I technically count as minority, right? Um, what was the girl that you battled? Not Jacqueline, but the other one you said you lost to. Sandra, Sandra was he the one I lost. He looks like Sandra to. if she did heroin. <laughs> Sandra, Sandra looks Sandra. like Sandra if she did heroin. <laughs> like, like she said, she came on the show, did the show, and then um, afterwards we go downstairs, whatever, smoke a cigarette, whatever. But she just stayed mm-hmm. and started like he has a TV downstairs. She likes too. TV, and then she was just, and then she just kept talking and talking. Old shows, and it was just like one of those like. Please leave. Uh, well, <laughs> you, you almost wanted to break the broom out to sweep because her I away. To, like we're I done to, here. I think I had to take RB to another house or whatever. Because if he's drinking, we we were safe. I don't drink, right? And so I was just like, but it was him too. Arby and her just kept talking, and Johnny kept talking. I was like, fuckers, either someone nail her or we're leaving. <laughs> just just look at her dead square in the eyes and be like, trip's over, get the fuck out. Yep. No, they were both being nice, and then she said something else, and they were like, oh, I'm interested. And I was like, you guys just want to try to touch her. Like, I want to go home and go to bed. Yep, same yeah. here. Like, All if right. you can't close the deal... On laughing What's constantly. What's the time limit? Oh, you got an hour. Yeah, okay, good. Hour, just an hour. Like, it, it, I've been married eighteen years. Me too. Uh, I was married for. I got married in two thousand eleven. My wife and I separated into last year, so I was married for like seven years. It's a good run. I'm yeah, eight, I'm eighteen years in. It was. Yeah, she's man. a terrible person, but it was a good run. <laughs> I'm four point two or something like that. No one says that. What I say. That's like saying your child is 24 months. Motherfucker, he's two. Like, I don't do that. that also I don't sounds, play that fucking game. That also Trust sounds me. like 38 ta- months. <laughs> that also sounds like you're talking about your dick size, 4.2. I mean, that's not if, bad. If we're, if we're being honest, you know. <laughs> but back in college, like, oh, it's eight. It's eight. No, dude, you always, you always undersell. Because what you it, always undersell. Yeah, that way they have the big like, oh, because then it's like, face yeah, yeah, like here's, live it out. here's the key for my Asian friend. <laughs> this true story. He knows it little is. hands. He said, I ruined. He it. said, B, it's not your hands, it's her hands. Yeah. <laughs> I was like 37 years old, going, holy shit, looking at his hands. 
I was like, I got big fucking hands. <laughs> I told one of the girls that works with me, come here, come here. Put your hands up there. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. This way I might have a point. Like. So this day, she had no idea what we were talking about. You can go away now. She <laughs> <laughs> so right. said, trips over, get out. Thank you guys once again for joining. Uh, thank you for thank having you. us. Definitely. It's been a blast. Make sure to check out Juice and RB on yes, Movie in- Review Podcast. NFL Pick'em? Well. I said you and RB. And I was doing the other half uh, of the slash. Oh, I don't like that name. Movie review slash juice. We got to come. All with right, we got to think of something better than it's NFL Pick'em. But you need to come up with a name. All right, we'll work it a out. A name for what? <coughs> they do our sh- Pick'em podcast they do on pick Tuesdays. Em. Yep, <clears throat> it's a pretty good podcast, dude. Oh. Uh, oh. RB is like got a good record. I yeah, mean, because he has nothing else to do but watch TV. He doesn't have a wife, kids, animals. He has no friends. He is the landlord, though. Yeah. He oh, allows, man, he, yeah. yeah, he allows. Like oh. I said, we have a built-in green room. Down yeah. in the garage. Oh yeah. yeah. So we could have multiple guests. We got people Hell in and yeah. out if we want to. Did you tell? Did, did you hear what happened this week with the guests that are coming over for the other shows? Mm-mm. Yeah, you were here too. So yeah, you were. So Arby's a real great guy. He's the he's, Arby's the one that. Yeah, that, yeah. Arby. Okay. Yeah, I would say yeah. There's he like BBJ, yeah. then there's Arby. Nope. And um, so Arby, <laughs> Arby always offers people stuff to drink. And so oh, I heard about so this. So we had a friend come over, uh, do my show. I hadn't seen her in 23 years. She's a recovering addict. Okay. And uh, he goes, he goes, and she had like a, uh, I knew she was a covering addict, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I always try to say, hey, this person's coming over, whatever, just in case or whatever. I'm like, hey, she's married. If she comes over here, don't fucking be a dick. He's not, though, just to be careful. But anyways, he's like, hey, you want a beer or something? She's like, mm, no, I'm a recovering addict. And I was like, shit, I forgot shit. to tell her. <laughs> and then so when we had um, coming up here in a few weeks, Jess Hooker. Yep. will actually be on um, Hell yeah. BJ Robbins Project. Um, I don't know if you know, guys know who she is. She's on the Bob and Tom show. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar. No. So, and then she also did a podcast off the air. Yep. And then um, off the air with Chick McGee. Not, ter- not so. Um, there's not terrible. This, not terrible podcast. So, but she's also been sober for six months. But so she was pulling up. I was running down the stairs like, dude, do not offer a drink. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to be the show. But he's, that, but he's like the the best host of all no, yeah he's a super host we oh, yeah. all, kept offering beers chatting about sports yep. no absolutely oh, yeah. Yeah. great guy yeah, we yeah. had a uh we need to do this with with uh with the juice in the morning we need to have juice in the morning uh party oh yeah i plan on it because we had what 40 40 some people here yep. something like that holy and shit and we did gonna, a potathon. yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do a uh my plan is to do like a holiday party but it's all just the network people and then people that we've been a part of the yeah. podcast as well yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun because what we do is there's food and stuff downstairs and then do shows and then we just and like nice. we just have people come up and then I think the last one we did was like four hours yeah wow it was fucking yeah. awesome well we did some Sounds of them also to raise money yep, uh, yep. we did some pontathons and we have a because you can go what four hours on Facebook yep and that's a thing like what he's mentioning is potentially an opportunity for other people if they want to utilize this like if we could work out the scheduling. If you want to raise money for something and you want to do a potathon and like utilize a a feed on iTunes or something like that to spread that word plus the Facebook Live, like that can all be done here. Like we only take done we only take twenty five percent of for right. charity, right? <laughs> it's, like, just, it's just something that's another added avenue that people can be a part of. Nice, Hell yeah, but yeah, so. I like it. I'm down. I'm gonna get out of here though because I got to pee really bad. Johnny, get fucking better clear up whatever you got going on and uh 
I appreciate you guys coming. Yes, on. thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you so Tuesday much. In the morning, man. For uh, Jason P. Rez Rogers and Nick Covert and BJ Robbins, we're getting out of here. See you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Hey, Juice in the Morning fam. Do you like affordable, stylish sunglasses? Juice in the Morning has partnered with Midwest Shades to bring you a special deal. By using promo code JUICE10, you'll be eligible for 10% off your entire order. Go to MidwestShades.com, use promo code JUICE10 to order your shades, and start getting compliments on your look today. Greetings, Earthlings. Juice in the Morning here. We are Unpredictable Talk Radio for Indianapolis. If you want to follow us on social media, our Instagram is at Juice in the AM. Our Twitter is at Juice in the AM. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice in the Morning. If you want to follow us personally, where can we find you, Johnny? If you're on Twitter, you can follow me at JB underscore Juice in the AM. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, it's Jonathan D. Bouton. If you can't spell my last name, that's your own fault. And since I am the Juice himself, you can follow me at Juice85OR7 on all social media. Once again, you can find us on podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Google Play, and you can stream us on Spotify. Time to blast off, and we'll see you in space, bitches. Hello, everyone. My name is Laura. And I'm Josh. And we are the hosts of the My True Crime Obsession podcast, the newest addition to the Magic, Magic Squirrel, Squirrel Network. Network. So if you guys like true crime as much as we do, then make sure you tune in every Tuesday to hear what crazy story we've dug up next. Also, make sure you go over to Facebook, give us a thumbs up, follow us for all the latest details. And you can also listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. We'll see, see you, you there. there.